You are listening to weekly messages from Austin Christian Fellowship. For more information about ACF, visit acfellowship.org. Good. Good morning, everybody. Greetings to all of you online. Can we please thank our amazing worship wow. leaders today for leading us in worship so well? So good. So good. I greet all of you in the name of the Lord Jesus. My name is Will Davis Jr., and this is my friend Chris Tapkin. And what do you do here, Chris? I lead our prayer effort Come on, man. Austin Christian Fellowship. That's what I am talking about. Um, so if at any point during this service, you guys online, you guys here in the room, any really any point during the week, you want to know more about Austin Christian Fellowship, you can text the phrase ACF Connect uh, to 512-866-9908. We'll get right back to you. Um, it's pretty much the, the gateway to all things ACF just because it's simple. So if you have prayer requests, if you wanna know about prayer, if you wanna know about giving or serving opportunities or what's going on at the church or wanna connect with us in small groups, et cetera, et cetera, ACF Connect will get you there. Also, because of something we're trying now, if you want the notes that we put on the screen today, we'll see a lot of scripture today, pretty much every week, the notes we show you on screen, in the screen at home. If you'll text ACF Connect, you'll get those back as well. Um, and stay tuned because a bit later in the service, Chris and I are gonna give you some uh, emails from each of us to get documents on what we've prepared for today as well, kind of below the surface. So let me tell you how this is going to go today. Uh, we're going to share a few minutes, and um, then we're going to um, pray over kids and teachers going back to school, and then we're going to baptize, and uh, it's going to be just amazing. So how about I pray and we jump in? Lord, it's a great day to be here. Thank you for it. Thank you for my friend Chris. We can't wait to teach this together. And um, I just thank you for keeping us safe. I thank you for the people here in the service, the people watching online. I pray for the people in our church still really being affected by COVID, and I pray for healing for them and protection, yes, not just on our church, on this city, on this country, God. You're in charge. You're bigger than anything, and we, we seek you in this time, Lord. We continue to seek you in this time. I pray for blessing and protection on all of our leaders, state, local, national, and favor on them and wisdom for them uh, during this craziness, Lord. And I, continue, I just wanna thank you for the people that are tuned in today, either here in person or online, and bless what we do. Thank you for this series. Thank you for what Chris and I get to talk about. Yes, Lord. And um, yes, we Lord. can't wait. Uh, and we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Yeah, so we are in a series called We Are boom, ACF. Boom. You forgot the boom boom. I know, but we I are kind of blame you. Boom boom, ACF. My two boys are doing that all day That's in our good. house and um, influence. Yeah. Uh, so we are ACF, as Pastor Will talked about last week. If you didn't uh, hear that message, you need to go back and listen to it. It was about the foundation of which we have this church, and it's one word: it's Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So this week we get to talk about what we call the Cornelius Call at Austin Christian Fellowship. So we'll be in Acts chapter 10 if you have your Bibles, which I hope you do. If not, it'll be on the screen. But like we explored in the last series, uh, Ruah, over eight weeks of this summer, we talked about how God gifts. And he gives certain assignments for certain seasons, and then he equips and gifts us to accomplish what he's asking us to do. Again, if you didn't hear those messages, go back online. Um, there's so much there. But just as God gives people certain assignments, God yeah. also does that 
with churches. Yep. Isn't that interesting? There's certain universal things and calls that all churches need to do, and we'll talk about that, but there's also specific assignments that God asks particular houses, churches, to do. And we're going to talk about that today. So Acts chapter 10, this pastor, this is amazing part of scripture. It yeah, is so well, good. Uh, amazing part of scripture is redundant. Yeah. Okay. They're all amazing, right? So part of my job today is really make him nervous. So I want y'all to let me know how I'm doing. Okay. We, the first time we've done this together. We're team teaching also because uh, during this series, we want you to meet some of the staff that are leading over the areas we're going to be talking about that make our church what it is. So you're going to have a great, if you're new to ACF online or in person, the coming weeks, you're going to meet some other leaders besides Chris and me that are part of kind of who we are and our DNA. And none of us have ever taught together, and it's going to be rowdy. There's a 30-minute delay on, stay on screen for a reason. So anyway, you want me to talk about why, the, what now or later, what's going on in the text? I'm going to read the why scripture. read it first? Okay. But you have not only made me nervous, you've made our whole prayer team good. nervous. Good. That's good. Um, so that, that's one way to get for people to pray first is time. to first have time. you and I teach. So okay. Acts... Chapter 10, we're going to read verses 1 through 4. Here's what God's word says. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need, and he prayed regularly. One day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Can you explain? I mean, they're so rich. Explain a little bit about that scripture, one through four. So in Acts, you have the progression of the gospel post the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. And about every five chapters is about five years following the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. So we're maybe 10 years out. And so far, the gospel has been pretty much limited to Jerusalem and Judea and the, Gen the Jewish population because it was Christianity was birthed in Judaism. And in the wisdom of the Lord, um, he, in chapter 9, calls the apostle Paul, Saul, into ministry and saves him. In chapter 10, it's time now for the gospel to cross the line and start talking to Gentiles, non-Jewish people. That would be most of us. And he picks this man, Cornelius, hmm. who was not a Jew. And the thing, this is why Chris and I are so passionate about this. The thing that got Cornelius and his household on the radar of God was that he was a praying man and he was a generous man. And he probably didn't have a really good moral framework other than Judaism for that, being a Gentile. But there's something about this man that fell in love with prayer and, and fell in love with generosity. And oh, by the way, the two are related. The more you give, the more you're going to pray. And the more you pray, the more you're going to give. They're, right. just, they're just interrelated. So if you work on one, the other's going to follow. And so that's what's going on here. And so Cornelius is the, has the honor uh, of being the first Gentile to hear the gospel and to be, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, embracing the kingdom of God, and it goes like wildfire from there. So as I've prayed over the scripture, can you imagine, Pastor, 
what a memorial before God looks like. Like we have the, the Lincoln Memorial. Um, we have all these memorials around. And of course, you know, God's favorite football team, Nebraska, we have Memorial Stadium. Um, but this was different. God said your, two things, your prayers and your gifts to the poor. Please note the discipline I displayed just then. I'm gonna say your, on that football comment. Your prayers and your gifts to the poor made such an impact on so the good. Lord that he made a memorial. Can you imagine what a memorial that, that like? God yeah. makes looks like? And when there's two things that moved his heart such, prayer and generosity. See, prayer is great. Generosity is great. But church, listen, there's something about the combination of those two together that is so radical, so life-changing, so kingdom-changing that God says, I wanna make a memorial to that. So let's talk about this call on generosity. It's probably what you dreamed about when you, when you oh, dreamed yeah, about Austin exactly Christian Fellowship. Let me give yes. away as much, right? No. So talk about the, the call to radical generosity for the So ACA. I grew up in the, in the Southern Baptist world, and I grew up in doing preaching and teaching in the 80s and 90s, and in the scandals of the 90s. I, the, God's great practical joke is he calls you to your weakness, not to your strength. We would never talk about money. I'd go and preach, and we wouldn't take an offering. We didn't want to get paid because we don't want money to be an issue. God calls me to River Place and puts me with you guys and says, let's give away 50%. And I'm like, well, that's funny because I never want to talk about money ever, and that's what we do. I've written a book on it, so it's kind of the practical joke. So we are called, Chris and I are talking about two things, these callings that represent the Cornelius call. The first is this call to be radically generous. Mm. Everybody say that, radically, radically generous. generous. Now, that may be redundant, because most generosity is radical. It's radical today because of, of, there's so little of it in the world. But one of the things that has surprised me in, in trying to learn to be a generous person, first of all, and also try to lead a generous church, is how breathtakingly powerful generosity is. That's right. When you, when you just bless a waiter or waitress, a wait staff in a restaurant, when you um, as I did, and I'm not bragging on this, it just happened. I was in a restaurant two days ago and the person was having trouble getting their credit card to work. It was maybe a $20 purchase. I just said, let me, let me to cover this for them. That's good. Shock. She's like, why? And honestly, the line was getting really long and I needed to go. So like, can I just pay for you, please? But it blew her away. Well, my motors weren't that great, but it, the act of generosity just blew her away. When you, when you are willing to release your resources for the benefit of somebody else, and prayer does that as well. It's, it's so unexpected that it can be a real game. For God so loved the world, what did he do? He gave. Wow. It's one of our mantras around here. God gave. So 2 Corinthians, the eighth chapter, verse seven, has been a long-standing verse for Austin Christian Fellowship. Back when we used to take offerings, you may have noticed today we haven't taken an offering. We don't usually take offerings. You can give in the boxes if you want to. You can give online. But back in the day, we used to pass, we used to have called the running of the bowls, okay? We'd pass these big wooden bowls, and if you drop change in, everybody could hear it. It could go clang, so we encouraged cash. It was really bad. 
But we, this was our grace-giving verse, and it says, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, and in complete earnestness and in love we have kindled in you, see also that you excel in this grace called giving. They were taking an offering to the saints in Jerusalem who were suffering, and Paul said, look, I want you to be over-the-top great at this. Have a giving contest between churches to see if you can raise the most money to bless other people. Come on. And it just fired them all up, and so that's what, the, that's what they're doing here. And that... That phrase, excel in giving, kind of got under our skin here because most of us um, excel in a lot of things, but we don't really necessarily be known as, we have this mental block about giving. Preachers always want your money. Churches want your money. They're always trying to build new buildings or expand their kingdom or whatever. And we've learned it's just the opposite. But you kind of have to change your mindset. So I started praying years ago that we'd excel in giving, that Susie and I would, and that ACF would. And you know what? God's answered it. You guys are an excellently giving church, and we're so proud of you. We have, yeah. we've, we've just learned if we pray and ask and wait on the Lord, he'll give us all we need, and we give away a ton of money to a lot of people and ministries around the globe, and it's so much fun. So what does it mean to be generous? So let me give you a definition. So Chris and I were talking on the phone this week, and he said, hey, Davis, how do you like this definition of prayer? And he read me his definition, which you'll hear in a minute. I said, that's so good, can I steal it? And then they'll think it's mine because I'm gonna go first. And he said, absolutely. So here is the definition. We're going to have an honor series coming up. We have an honor series coming up, yes. I'm going to honor Chris. So generosity is simply the imitating the God, excuse me, imitating the behavior of the God who loves you more than you'll ever know. Mm. It's imitating God because God's generous. God is not stingy. God is gracious. He gives us spiritual gifts. He gives us his Holy Spirit. He gave us his son. He gives us the church. He gives us talents. He gives us family. He gives us the kingdom. Do not be afraid, little flock, for the promise, the Father's promise to give you the kingdom. All these things um, are what generosity is. And all we are when we're generous is imitating our God. Jesus said, I never do anything I first didn't see the Father doing. And so if that's how Jesus rolled, that's how we roll. So we just think it's how we ought to be. Now, if you're here today and you're not a giver, we're not gonna take an offering, relax. We're not gonna close the doors and turn on the heat and preach on hell till you all decide to give. The big joke, that was really funny. You didn't laugh at it. Y'all are so like, so the big joke was, okay, so we're gonna take an offering. I want you to exchange wallets with your neighbor and give like you've always wanted to give, okay? That didn't go either. Okay, I'm gonna quit trying. Anyway, I will tell you that the two things we're talking about today, generosity and giving, have changed our church and changed my life as much as anything. Post the invasion of the Holy Spirit in my life, learning to be generous and learning to try to be a person of prayer has upended my faith in a really good way as much as anything. So Chris asked me to share a story right here of kind of our call, and I'm gonna abbreviate it because I, I told part of this a few weeks ago, but we did have a man come. In, in 03 to 05, a couple of things happened that really marked our church um, in the serving and giving realm, and one was Hurricane Katrina, August 29th, 05, and we were able to do a lot for people that had been displaced from New Orleans, and it kind of opened up a real giving avenue for us. Um, in 03, we had a man come speak to our staff he was an Austin leader, and I asked him to give us a prophetic word, which I didn't even know what that meant. I was just kind of joking. And he said, well, be a cash cow 
fund ministry. And there was something that just kind of, read, it, kind of I mean, it was a moment that just sat on us. Like, wow, what if there was a church who made it their goal was to fund other ministries? How kingdom would that be? And so in, in the 03 and then 05, and then I got to go on a mission trip with our church and um, spend a week building houses in Mexico, which I'd never gotten to do. And by the time all that was done, we were in. We, we made a decision, and this was the part Chris wanted me to tell you. We made a decision to start giving away money, and we went from 1% giving. We set a goal of getting to 50% giving, which is crazy because we had no context for that. To dollar for dollar, dollar we spend, dollar we give. And the years after that, we got out of debt. We're debt-free today. We paid off our debt ahead of schedule. We started giving. We paid off our debt ahead of schedule. We started giving. We built a youth building cash without a fundraiser. We started giving. We were able to plant churches. But the thing Chris wanted me to tell you was that we had a plan to build a really big building right here on what we call the Grassy Knoll. On our hillside right here, we had a big plan for a multi-thousand-seat auditorium and um, to just try to triple in size and be that church that is on the hilltop that's really big that all of you have attended before. And we felt like that wasn't consistent with our best ability to disciple people. That our best ability to disciple people would be to not pro produce this monstrosity, nothing wrong with big churches, but it would, it would attract more spectators and attendees and not necessarily help us make disciples. So we scratched the building plan and started planning churches, sending out some of our best people to Brushy Creek and in Northwest and other places, and, and requiring us here at Four Points to continue to step up. And that's when the giving of our church really took off. And we say the rest here is history. It's been an amazing run. So um, I will tell you, I'm in love with this discipline. Um, I, this is one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to do personally is become a giver. And... Um, I'm so proud of you that you've embraced it. You go here knowing who we are and what we do with your money. And that makes me so proud. So that's kind of the story of our, our generosity. So we just sang about the goodness of God. Yes, sir. I want you to tell these people, because um, some, somebody or somebody's right now, their plan is not going the way that they had in their mind. Just like you had a plan hmm. Reflect back how much better was God's plan than your plan? Because <laughs> well, that, that. that's, mean... a, that's a word for somebody that's going through something yeah. right now. Just give a reflection back of your plan versus what well, God did. Well, let's just did. say it like this. There's an inverse relationship between my involvement and God's goodness. The less involved I am, the more good, the more, the more good God is. How do you say that? The gooder God is, the better good? I'm pretty sure it's not gooder, but. The, good, the, the more good God is. God is good anyway. God's goodness increases the less when I do less. I wrote books on this, <clears throat> yes, I did. Anyway, and so yeah, what Susie and I have seen become at ACF is so un what we thought and it's so much better. And so Chris makes a great point. If you're sitting out there going, um, as my wife loves to say, I'm sorry, God, this is not what I ordered. Can you right. take this back? <laughs> he probably has something up his sleeve that is better than you could ever imagine. And what we've experienced here at ACF is exactly that. This is so not the church we dreamed of, it's so much better. So if his shifted a bit for you, buckle up, because goodness is coming. Good, surely goodness and mercy will what? Follow. Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy will follow me. You'll look back and see it. You don't always see it in front. 
Goodness and mercy, oh, now I see it, will follow me. That's how he works. Gosh, that's good. So let's talk about the second thing in the Cornelius call. So the first one, radical generosity, that's absolutely specific to Austin Christian Fellowship. But the second one is not specific to ACF. It's the call of every church that proclaims the name of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and that is to be a house of prayer. prayer. Isaiah 56, if you have your Bibles open, verse six and seven, here's what God's word says. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord mm. to minister to him, to love in the name of the Lord mm. and to be his servants. Everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds, holds fast to my covenant. These I will bring to my holy mountain, mm. and I will make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifice will be accepted on my altar. Ready? For my house yes. shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. We have a universal assignment as a church to be a house of prayer. So what is prayer? We're gonna put a definition on the screen. Ready? Prayer is communication based on a relationship with a God that loves you more than you'll ever know. Isn't that a great definition? Happy to take credit for that, by the way, just today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Let's go through that. Prayer is communication. What is communication? Communication is active mm. in prayer. It's two-sided. It's speaking. It's listening. It's body language. It's all communication based on a relationship. That's so key to get that. It's based on a relationship. Even better, ready? I love this, Pastor. It's based on a family relationship. Mm. God doesn't call us servants, he calls us mm. family. And we get to cry out to him in communication. Abba, Father. Yeah. With a God that loves you more than you'll ever know. So doing a lot of, of prayer over the past few years, I can tell you, the number one reason why people don't pray is that last part. Hmm. They don't have a right understanding of God. They don't have a right understanding on the relationship with God. They view God as cranky, quick to discipline, hmm. um, mean and angry, sculling at them, ready to point out all their missteps. Who would want to gaze at that yeah, person's face? No kidding. So that's, that, as, as leading prayer, that's the number one I, problem I see why people don't pray. But once you get right-sized on who God is and his true nature, we say this in our prayer meeting all the time, when guests come, watch out, it's addictive. Mm -hmm. Why? Because people get right-sized and right understanding on God's nature. Mm as the God who loves you more than you'll ever know. So we have this universal assignment to be a house of prayer. I find that so fascinating, so interesting. 
Why is prayer so important to God? So Jesus used that in Mark 11. And that, that, that part of scripture, that side of Jesus, when he came into his church and there's money changers, mm. um, there are people that essentially where they're uh, making a profit and a buck. They weren't there to help the people. And Jesus drove them out physically and said, no, you've made this essentially into a marketplace, but my father's house shall be a house of prayer. Those were Jesus's words. Listen, the church, the distinguishing DNA of the church in Jesus's words must be prayer. That's really good. Say that again, and y'all, y'all think about that, because we all have definition of church. Listen to what Chris just said. The distinguishing DNA or the distinguishing so mark of the church must be prayer. It's not busyness. It's not theology. It's not politics. It's prayer. Isn't that interesting? That's what, such a, that's what the house he built is supposed to be. Because everything flows out. If everything flew, flowed out of Jesus' life out of prayer. So it should flow out of the church the same way. Sorry, I'm stealing your thunder. It, 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 the church hmm. must, listen, must, not optional, in Jesus' words, the church must have the aroma of prayer. And that's why when we gather in his name as a church family, everything changes. The whole atmosphere changes. Why? Prayer. But what about teaching and worship or camp fun or student ministries? Yes, those are all important. But listen, in God's infinite wisdom and his perfect design plan for the church, those are all fueled by prayer. Mm-hmm. You want a powerful kids ministry? Pray. Mm. You want a powerful student ministry that's life-changing, that will change schools in Austin, Texas? Be people of prayer. You want to set addicts free? Be people of prayer. You want people delivered from depression and fear? You pray. Come on. Prayer is the fuel. We can't miss this. Prayer is the fuel of the church. It's the engine of the church. And that's why Jesus said, no, no, no. Hmm. My house Hmm. will be a house of prayer. So good. For the nations. The pathway, listen, the pathway to power in the church is prayer. So, do you know how fun it is to sit here and listen to him talk about this? If you, Chris Tapkin, has, I'm so proud of him. He's become this man who loves to pray. And you guys have a great leader in this. But um, if God can do this in Chris and me, he can do it in you. There's no question. So just, I'm just proud of you, bro, for Love sharing it. your heart. Way to go. So, Lord, we can agree with this, Pastor, as we look at the Western church and we compare what we just read with the Acts we can agree that the Western church is largely powerless. Why? I wanna contend the Western church is largely, largely powerless because it's largely prayerless. 
but can I prophesy over Austin Christian Fellowship right now? Listen, ACF is full of power because ACF is full of prayer. Come on. That's what God is inviting this house to be. A house where his demonstrations of his goodness, a demonstrations of his power is normal kingdom business at Austin Christian Fellowship. Why? Because ACF is full of prayer. That's our destiny. That's what he's invited us into. So count Nicholas Ludwig von Zinzendorf. Say that three times. Bless you. Thank you. Was born in 1700 to a... Australian-German aristocratic family. This family was marked by prestige and wealth and class. And at the age of 16, Zinzendorf established, ready for this, Pastor? Seven different organized prayer meetings, one of which is called the Order of the Mustard Seed. And the Order of the Mustard Seed had three elements where these people of prayer and people of God committed themselves to be. Ready? Number one is to, to be true to Christ in all things. Kind of sounds like that message you gave us last week. The second thing was to love people. Hmm. And the third was to take the gospel to the nations. That was when he was 16. Wow. The order of the mustard seed is worldwide alive and thriving today as a prayer ministry. Hmm. And it started with a 16-year-old kid that got prayer in its power. Well, at the age of 22, Count Zinzendorf had this land that they had as this wealthy family. And they permitted a ragtag group of refugees to come use their property to set up shop. Those people were under persecution in the least of these, and they were called the Moravians. And they set up on this property a place called Hernhut, which means the Lord's Watch. August 13th of 1727, Zinzendorf gathered a couple churches together that were quarreling, competing, and fighting. And he brought them together And he said, I want you to forgive each other. And I want you to think kingdom over your building your own churches. I want you to think kingdom. And when they prayed for forgiveness and they prayed the kingdom in, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And out of that prayer meeting, Pastor, 24 men and 24 women came together in agreement under the banner of generosity, praying Leviticus 6.13, which, which talked about the sacred fire hmm. of the altar never going out. And those 48 covenanted together to pray continuously for one hour each, day hmm. and night. And so began, ready for this? And so began out of prayer and generosity, a hundred year prayer meeting. Hmm. Is that amazing? Like we pray one hour a day, and it's a lot. Can you, a hundred years of day and night prayer. Wow. 
Zinzendorf looked at that property, looked at the prayer meeting, looked at generosity, and he said this whole place represented the visible habitation of God. After five years of praying 24-7, here's what happened. Zinzendorf began to send out missionaries. Yeah. And Hernhut, this place of prayer, that this one guy saw his land and said, it's not mine, it's kingdom, and gave it to the refugees, and they started to pray, and born out of that was the modern mission movement, and the Moravians were sent to the nations. This is what happens, church, when generosity and prayer collide. The nations were changed. So how did... God spur us on to more prayer. Well, it happened in 2018, in December. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Um, You sent me an email saying, we need to pray. Hell. (laughs) Um, It was. We prayed nine days in December. That was the first time we've ever done that in that type of passion and organization, but we prayed nine days And it really saved a lot of the struggles that we were going through. But it was born out of, ready for this? Our prayer meeting was born Mm -hmm. out of desperation. Yeah. And it worked so well, I got an email right after the first year saying, from you, pastor, saying, I think we need to do this more often. I quickly hit delete and tried to move on negotiate with the Lord. That never (laughs) works. January 28th. January 28th. 2019. 2019. God birthed daily prayer at Austin Christian Fellowship. And today, we're some 600 and whatever days into it. Five days a week. But it birthed out of desperation. We are desperate. So let's try to land this and dream a little with our, with our church family. What, what do you think, Pastor? Look what happened when, when this group of ragtag refugees came together and prayed and had generosity in their DNA. They, they changed the nations hmm. and the missions movement was born. What about, Pastor, for us? Hmm. Right now, right here in this part of our, D, our, our ACF story to be a house of generosity and a house of prayer. What could happen here? Really, I do want you to dream that the stuff you read in scripture might actually be doable. Yes. And there really could be a church or churches, more importantly, churches in a city. Because sometimes you'll see a church that majors on worship or a church that majors on Bible teaching and evangelism and baptism and a church of majors on serving and a church of majors on the signs and the miraculous and a church of majors on missions. Well, what if there are churches that majored on all of those things and were really, really effective at them? Mm. Come what on. if there was a church that saw addicts set free? Yes. And blind eyes and opened and deaf ears unstopped and marriages restored and captives brought home but also blue doors and had most powerful worship events and moments in worship where people loved on the name of God. 
they were huge in giving and serving. They sent a lot of money out. They sent a lot of people out. They were all over the world in their ministry. What if there was a church that helped alleviate homelessness? Come on. And poverty in a city? What if there was a church that was supportive in the sense of praying for leaders and not condemning them? What if there was a church that was in friendship and relationship with, with known leaders of anti-God or anti-Christian lifestyle movements in the city and instead of being enemies, those were in friendship together and praying, praying for those people who lead lifestyles that oppose the church. What if that church was, what if, what if, you know, people always say, what if, what if? The church that said we pray and we give received all that invitation from God into him because that's what he's about. And all I wanna say to you guys is we can't dream big enough if we're gonna pray and give. Whatever, you, whatever your wildest expectations are, what if there was a people that really saw an altering of their culture, then that's gonna be a people that's doing two things. They're giving and they're praying. And we are saying, hey, let's go be that. Come on. Can y'all respond to that, please? I mean, that's, that's, that's our ask, honestly. Let's go be that. Let's be the people that give and pray. So, um, we gotta land, he's right, we gotta land this plane, we got more to do here. So we're gonna talk real quickly how to do this, and this is where we're gonna put an email up. How do you become a person of prayer? Well, if you, I want you to email me this week at seniorpastor, acfellowship.org. it should be on the screen, Senior Pastor, and I've got a document ready to send to you. It includes some books you can read, a bunch of scriptures I want you to study, but for me, generosity and prayer both were tied to being around people who were generous and who were praying. I was very fortunate to be mentored by men who are men of prayer, and I've been taught by my mama and my church and people around me to give. But, the, but when I started serving, when I went to Mexico, when I went to Nicaragua, when I went to Haiti, when I went to Africa, my desire to be generous shot up because I saw the disparity between how I lived and how they lived. And God is just, so there had to be something else going on. So I'll send you this document this week that will talk about some books you can read that are really helpful, some scriptures you can study, but there'll be some suggestions like get in a third world country or go across town and serve and, and meet people who live in settings less than what you have. And, and you'll find your, and then join us, which Chris will talk about in prayer. But, but anybody can be generous because generosity is not giving a lot of stuff away, it's just giving a lot of what you have away. Generosity can be, generosity is somebody who's poor is 10 bucks. That's really generous. So you don't have to be wealthy to be generous. You just have to be generous to be generous. So I'm inviting you in. Email me a senior pastor at acfellowship.org and I'll send you some information this week and it will encourage you, no doubt. So my passion and what I'm giving my life away for is prayer. I wanna help you in prayer. You need to know this is not for just me or a select group of people. Prayer is for everyone, every single person is called to be a person of prayer. Can I help you with that? Mm -hmm. My email's gonna be up there right now. Take a picture, write it down. I wanna personally help you with it. I'm not gonna delegate this to someone else. I will personally help you in prayer. So email me. I wanna personally invite you to, to join our prayer ministry. We pray every day from 12 to one. You can do Zoom, you can come to our barn. Um, it will change your life. I promise you, it will change your life. So we wanna make it as convenient for you as possible. You don't even have to say a word. Just come on, jump in, 
and you'll be discipled and you'll learn and you'll grow in prayer. Because here's the, here's the thing about prayer. The only way you become better at prayer is praying. praying. You gotta get reps in, you gotta do it. Can I please help you become a person of prayer? And we'll go at your pace. Um, let's open up a dialogue. Um, email me and I'm gonna send you resources too to help you grow in prayer. Because we can't listen. We can't be a church of generosity and a church of prayer without people of generosity and people of prayer. And that's y'all. So let me help you. So share with them, Pastor, what is our promise as Austin Christian Yeah, so every piece of this series, um, we're asking the teachers to give you a promise and an ask. Our promise is we're gonna be a church that majors on prayer and generosity. We're, we're gonna keep those things to forefront. You're gonna hear about them. You're gonna be invited into them. We're gonna be that church that is very serious about giving money away and being a house of prayer. Expect that. If you don't see that, something's wrong. Expect that of us. Our ask is... Here's our ask of you, what we want each of you to do from youngest to oldest and everyone in between to be a generous person who's a person yep. of prayer. You'll win. So to conclude today, can we thank Chris Tapkin? I just love this man. He's so cool. No passion at all. Okay. So to conclude, if you're at home or you're in this house and you're a school administrator, a teacher, um, or a student returning to school in the next few weeks, we want to pray for you. And you have here from our camp, wonderful camp fund team and student ministry team a card you received and how Gosh, to pray for good. these guys. So good. Really, really helpful. So we're not just putting, talking about this. This is how you can pray for folks. If you're in the room or at home and you're gonna start back in school in a professional capacity in the sense of, of your administrator or teacher or your student, and includes college, will you guys stand right to your feet right now? Just teachers, leaders, et cetera. Okay, so cool. Y'all stand That's up. Good. Stay up. Come on. Yeah, thank you. Kids too, children too. Kids too, yeah. Kids, you really need this, okay, because homework is coming. Um, will you guys just extend a hand out toward these guys that are standing? You guys at home do the same. If you're with somebody in your living room that's about to start back to school, put a hand on them, okay? Lord, I wanna pray for these um, wonderful men and women and boys and girls in our room right now and in, at home. Yes, Lord. Um, that they'll know your protection, yes. that they'll know your favor, that you'll, Lord, I, you love those who educate, you love those who teach. Mm. And it's such a crazy time. And we just wanna pray protection over them and favor over them. Lord, I am the product of two generations of school teachers mm. and school administrators. And I know the importance of this. And I ask blessing on them, I ask protection on them, I ask for favor on them. I ask you to shut down, Lord, the COVID and, and allow yes. healthy, effective means of teaching to be able to brought back to our schools. Bless those who have to teach online. Bless those who are trying to learn online. Lord, I'd love these people who serve. And I pray the kids will find opportunities to meet other friends and meet new people. And, and thank you for the chance that we get to be educated and be taught. Thank you, Lord. These, when these guys finish high school, thank you, Lord. they'll be some of the most educated people on the planet wow. just because they have a high school degree. That's not something we take for granted. But most of all, I just wanna pray blessing on them and protection on them. And we love them and pray, we'll use this card to cover these guys in the coming weeks. Thank you, Lord. And we all agree and pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.